0: Great worship for a great God. Amen. Amen. Today, God has led me to one of my favorite passages in all of Scripture in the book of Psalms. Uh, Psalm 34 is just one of my favorites for various reasons, and today we get to share it. I get to share it with you, and uh, we're going to think about this a little bit this morning. So, Psalm 34. Hear the word of God. I will extol the Lord at all times, uh, says David. His praise will always be on my lips. My soul will boast in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. I sought the Lord, and He answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to Him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. And this poor man called, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear Him, and He delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man or the person who takes refuge in Him. Fear the Lord, you His saints, for those who fear Him lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Amen? The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, You are good, and Your Word reminds us of that. You're good not only to David many, many years ago, but You are good to us today as well. For Your goodness has not changed Your holiness remains constant. Your character is radiant. And we love You, Lord. As we long to touch You, Lord, today, as we long to see Your face, as we long to be moved and motivated and inspired, Lord, would You come and speak to us? And for all of those who may be listening online watching, we thank You for them, and we pray that You will speak to each one, too. So, Lord, come now and speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Taste and see, says the psalmist. Anybody here like to taste good food? Anybody here like to eat It's a rhetorical question, right? A perfectly seasoned chicken breast hot off the grill. A still pink in the middle strip of New York steak. Smoked barbecue ribs smothered in sweet baby rays. Honey barbecue sauce. Am I making anybody hungry yet? Maybe it's your favorite dessert, strawberry cheesecake, caramel apple crisp. Maybe it's one of my favorites, Mile High Mud Pie. Man, I got to get to Red Robin and eat one of those again. Or maybe just Peanut Butter Pie from Village Inn. That is really good stuff. But in Psalm 34, David invites us to taste and to see that the Lord is good. He says, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I sought the Lord. He answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. This poor man called, and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all of his troubles. And finally, verse 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. How many of you know that our God is good? Amen. Amen? How many of you know that God will never let you down? Amen? We serve, we have a very, very excellent and good God, a God who delivers us, who saves us, who protects us and preserves us and provides for all of His children. And yet, how quickly we can forget, how quickly we get amnesia. And this morning, I want to remind you of five great reasons why God is good five things that point to the goodness of God. And if you will indulge me this morning, I would like to share with you some stories from my recent trip to Hawaii along with some pictures. Would that be okay? Would you like to see some pictures of Hawaii today? Okay. And if you will indulge me today, this will kind of prime the pump for next Sunday because next Sunday, it's your turn to share. You don't have to fill up 20, 25 minutes, but uh, we're going to take some turns. We'll talk more about that later But today, I'll go first, okay? And I want to share with you five things that I love about God, five reasons to celebrate God's goodness, really five blessings that point to the goodness of God. You may want to take out your outline and fill it in as we go. I don't want you to forget any of these five things. Number one, God's promptings. Just say it with me, God's promptings. I do not normally sleep with my cell phone next to me on my nightstand. My cell phone is not allowed in the bedroom. <laughs> it stays to uh, downstairs. Sometimes I charge it overnight, but you sleep much better without your phone next to you. How many of you know that? If you're tempted to look at it during the middle of the night, you wake up and all of that, you don't need that, okay? It, it ruins your sleep. I do not normally sleep with my cell phone next to me, but the night before my plane was to depart Cedar Rapids at nine o'clock in the morning, I decided I should probably put my cell phone next to me on the nightstand. I know how this works. How many of you know that the airlines can change flights at the last minute? Okay. All right, so I went to bed early. It was all packed and ready to go. I would get up and I would make the trip down to Cedar Rapids to get there an hour early for my 9 a.m. departure to Denver and then on to Honolulu. Well, for some mysterious reason, I woke up at 2.30 in the morning and I had a prompting to check my phone. Well, guess what? It's a really good thing I did because I had a text message from United Airlines that came in at about, I think it was 10.30 or so. Now, I was already sound asleep. I was out. I was in la-la land. But they had sent a text message. I didn't hear the text, the notification at all. I checked my phone, and sure enough, my flight from Cedar Rapids to Denver was delayed by two and a half hours, giving me a whole 10 minutes to make my connecting flight in Denver to Honolulu. I knew that that was not going to happen. What do you do? You know. So well they had offered a, an alternative flight which would take me from Cedar Rapids to Chicago and then directly to O'Hare or up directly to Honolulu. The only problem was it was more than 2 hours earlier. God was looking out for me. I booked that flight on my phone at 3 a.m. in the morning from my bed. Without my contacts in, I was looking at my phone, okay? I was trying to figure this out, right? Okay, if I hold it about here, I can still see, you know, okay? Was that a coincidence? I don't think so. Was it a coincidence that I decided to sleep with my phone next to me that night? No. Was it a coincidence that I woke up at 2.30 in the morning? I don't believe it. I think God was prompting me. God didn't want me to start my vacation off waiting around the airport in Denver having missed my flight. So I was up and awake and I could get up early and make the earlier flight from Cedar Rapids and get to Hawaii. In fact, an hour earlier than my original flight. Do you believe in divine intervention? Do you ever hear or feel the promptings of God Shoulder taps or whispers from his spirit. I also learned quite incidentally while in Hawaii that I needed reservations this time around for Hanauma Bay, where it's the place where I love to go snorkeling, Uh, the top picture there, and uh, also just to climb Diamond Head Crater. See Diamond Head on the bottom there? That's the inside of a volcano. That's the caldera of a great big huge volcano many, many years ago. I used to just ride a city bus out there, show up and go. No, you need reservations. I would have been really, really disappointed. I just happened to find this out. God's prompting. God was prompting me. How many of you know God is speaking to you all the time? By His Spirit, through His Word, to your conscience, through others. He protects you and keeps the harmful. Whoop, excuse me, going over two pages here. Psalm 16, verse 7 says, I will praise the Lord who counsels me even at night my heart instructs me. You know why that is? Because your defenses are down. And once your body is rested and seems seems that things kind of take over, the Holy Spirit can speak to you more unhinderedly. The question is, are you listening? Are you quiet enough to hear the Holy Spirit's voice? Would you heed His promptings because they're there to help you? God may be keeping you from trouble or from hardship. I don't know about you, but I praise God for His promptings. Amen? The second thing that points us to God's goodness is God's protection. Say it with me. God's protection. They say flying is safer than driving. I'm not so sure. If my car stalls, I pull over, coast to the side of the road, and, and, and close to the shoulder of the freeway. If a plane stalls, you just don't pull over and call AAA. If I fall out of my car, it's only a couple of feet to the ground, I'm going to be okay. If the plane falls out of the sky, it could be about a five-mile drop. I mean, how is it that you can load about 400 people into a steel tube weighing 286,000 pounds. You can attach a couple of jet engines to it and get it to take off from a relatively short runway and then climb to a cruising altitude of 30,000 feet. How does that happen? And then you're going to travel from Chicago directly to Honolulu, jetting through air that is 70 degrees below zero, at about 600 miles an hour, and land on a tiny dot of an island in the middle of the Pacific. How do they do that? How do they find it, you know? Not only that, but during the entire process, you're going to get meal service, free movies, air conditioning, peanuts and pretzels, and anything else you want to drink. Does anybody else think that this is incredible? And yet it happens daily and routinely in our world today. It sounds crazy, but it is the miracle of modern flight. And millions and millions of people, by the grace of God, arrive safely to their destination every day. Honolulu, Tokyo, Taipei, Mumbai, Bangkok, and many, many others. Am I the only one that finds this amazing? I mean, think about it. In Hawaii, one of the things that guys like me have to worry about is getting sunburned. Especially if you have a bald head. You are much closer to the equator there, and it's easy to get sunburned if you are not careful to take protective measures. And A few, some years ago when I was there, I burned my shoulders. I got really bad sunburn being out in the ocean or swimming in the beach, and and I just hurt for two days. I had to put lidocaine on it just to soothe the pain so I could put a shirt on. The best way to protect yourself, especially while on the beach, is with sunscreen. I use SPF 50 on my bald head in my face and SPF 30 over the rest of my body. So after all, I want a little bit of a tan if I can. I also wear a hat wherever I can when I'm in the sun, and I look for shade, and I stand in the shade when possible. Friends, I'm here to tell you this morning that God is your sunscreen. He's your shade. He protects you. He keeps you from all the harmful radiation and things that the enemy, Satan, tries to throw at you. And God keeps this from getting through. Psalm 121, the Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. Amen? You may say, well, if God is protecting me, then why do bad things happen to me? But you see, God's protection supersedes all of those bad things. God's protection does not mean that He's going to make your life smooth and easy, that, it, that it's necessarily going to be just, you know, rosy all of the time. No, God's protection means that He will see you through those things, whatever trials befall you in this broken world. And we never know what God is protecting us from. I invite you to give thanks with me today for God's protection. You don't have to hop on a jet plane to Hawaii to know that God is protecting you. No matter what you're going through, God will see you through, and He will protect you because you're His child, just like a parent would protect his or her child. The third thing that points us to God's goodness is God's people. Say it with me, God's people. One of the things I love about Hawaii is that it is an international place. People from all around the world gather there. People from Europe, Australia, Asia, Africa, the Middle East. You might hear languages like Japanese, Mandarin, Italian, French, Korean, Hawaiian, Tagalog, Samoan, Hindi, and many more. Ethnic restaurants include everything from Vietnamese pho to yummy Korean barbecue, and then, of course, Panda Express and Cheeseburger in Paradise, one of my favorites. I love the bonsai burger. You know, you know what that is, right? Hamburger, teriyaki sauce, pineapple ring, delicious. Hawaii is a beautiful tapestry of God's diverse people. And then there's the Polynesian Cultural Center, Oahu's main attraction. A theme park which celebrates the culture of Polynesia, Tahiti, Tonga, Samoa, New Zealand, Fiji, and Hawaii. Cultural presentations, food sampling, artist crafts, traditional dance and drumming. Not to mention an IMAX theater. Remember the headhunters from Gilligan's Island? Anybody remember the headhunters? Okay, they're all there at the cultural center. Okay, I mean look at that guy up there. He's he's got some muscle. What a beautiful blend of peoples and cultures. In some ways, I think it's a little taste of heaven on earth. Not that everybody's a believer in Jesus. I know that. But John says in his vision, as we said this morning, in our call to worship, that he looked out before him and after them it was a, there was a great multitude of people that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language. And they were standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb that is the Lord Jesus. Amen? Amen. Every person in some way, even when they don't yet know Jesus, they still bear the stamp and the image of God as we were created in His image. In other words, there's always something to learn and appreciate from all peoples. Who are the people that God has put in your life? Are you appreciative of them? Do you respect them and value them, even though they may be very different or look very different? Praise God for His diverse, beautiful people and cultures. Can you imagine living in a place where everybody was just like you? I'm glad you're not like me. The fourth fourth blessing that points us to the goodness of God is God's planet. Say it with me. God's planet. I've traveled to a few places in the world. I've been to Southeast Asia I've been to St. Thomas, the Virgin Islands, and Caribbean. I've been to Hawaii more times than I can count, but I think Hawaii is still one of the prettiest places on earth. Let's just take a look at a few pictures, shall we? Do you mind? There's Hanauma Bay. Another place in Hawaii, not too far from there. That's pretty, isn't it? I like that. Oh, there he is. Uh, it's at the Dole Pineapple Plantation. It's a beautiful place. That island is called Chinaman's Hat. kind of looks like those hats. Oh, there he is again. He keeps photobombing my pictures. So uh, back up one just a little bit there, Nicholas, please. Um, yeah, so that's at the top of Diamond Head Crater. Uh, so it's a, it's a little, I guess you could call it a little mountain. It's about 700 and, what is it? I think I wrote it down somewhere. Um, Anyway, it's, it's not too bad, it's uh, 700, I don't, I don't even see it here, I must be way ahead of myself here. Anyway, uh, kind of a neat place, neat place, neat, neat view, right? Neat view, so I, I had to prove myself that at nearly 60 years old, I could still do this. So this is my quest, this was the biggest part of my Hawaii trip, was like, can I still climb Diamond Head, you know? And uh, I did it, and I didn't end up in the hospital, so we're good, so... <laughs> Oh, he keeps photobombing my pictures. Uh, That's at Waikiki Beach, just one one afternoon. The bonsai tree, one of them, one of several. Those are really interesting. You know, they drop these shoots, and then they go down, and they they take root, and they kind of spring out. So that's pretty cool. Kind of a neat place there. Isn't that a beautiful place? Isn't that a beautiful, beautiful scene? Uh, This one's the only one that I downloaded from the internet, but uh, I just had to show you something. It's just a beautiful place. It's just a beautiful place, and... um, It's beautiful to see God's work, His handiwork in creation. Genesis 1 tells us that God created this beautiful world, and it was very good. Do you know that the earth is positioned just right in relationship to the sun? A little further away, and we'd freeze to death. A little bit closer, and we'd burn to death. The tilt of the earth is just right to maintain seasons for growing plants and animals and food and to sustain human life. Our atmosphere, just a thin layer of gases that protects us from harmful exposure to the sun and allows us to breathe oxygen. Surely God knew what he was doing when he created earth and all of its bounty and beauty and spun it into orbit. Psalm 98 says this, Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Let the sea resound. Let everything in it. Let the world and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands and the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord. What a beautiful picture of all creation, even what we consider these inanimate objects, mountains or maybe rivers, praising God. But with that beauty, with that gift of creation, of God's planet, comes... A responsibility as God commands us to also take care of this earth in Hawaii they're very ecologically minded as humans God calls us to be stewards of the earth to care for the planet to be ecologically minded and environmentally sensitive Christians more than anyone else on the planet ought to be about reducing our waste reusing what we can and recycling everything possible In Genesis 2.15, the Lord says, the Lord took the man, excuse me, Adam, and He put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. Did you know that July was the hottest month historically on record? In an age of climate change and global warming, it is imperative that we as Christians lead the way in caring for this beautiful planet that God has given us, this beautiful, delicate planet What a shame it would be if we were to destroy it. What a shame it would be for your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. The fifth and final blessing that points us to the goodness of God, and it's just the fifth one in my message. I had like initially like had like eight of these, so I whittled it down. So be thankful for that, okay? So, but number five, and we'll stop after this one. uh, God's promises, just say it with me. God's promises promises it's been said that what forgiveness is to our past a promise is to your future an anchor of assurance of God's goodness and grace in an uncertain world fact is there are hundreds and hundreds of promises made by God to you and me in the Bible some say well over 3,000 but the one I like and the one that I think of while on vacation is God's promise to renew and refresh our lives when we rest in him In Genesis 2, God sets the example of resting on the seventh day and following his work of of creating the universe. In Exodus 20, and reiterated again in Deuteronomy 5, God declares a Sabbath rest for his people. Take one day and seven off. Jesus himself says in Matthew 11, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle of And humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Anybody need rest today? Anybody feeling the need for some rest and renewal, some refreshment? Friends, God is calling you away from the busyness and craziness of this world to find rest in Jesus. Jesus is your Sabbath every day. Take your day off. Use your vacation time. Don't work every Sunday. Rick Warren says, Divert daily, withdraw weekly, and abandon annually. That's what I just did. Don't become a workaholic. Don't think that you're so indispensable that everything's going to fall apart without you. Somehow, things survive. Maybe you can't go to Hawaii, but you might be surprised to find out that you can Do what you can. Spend a week camping. Spend a day at Backbone State Park. Walk the trails at George With. Go out for ice cream. Whatever it is that you can do, do that. And give thanks to God for it. And claim His promise of rest and renewal. Come to me, you who are weary and burdened. I will give you rest, says Jesus. What an invitation. What a promise. It's one of my favorite ones. And that's just one of many of God's promises to celebrate. And I'm here after two weeks to testify that it's true. God does renew and he does refresh. I think I got a picture. Does he look refreshed over there? <laughs> looks like he's stoned is what it looks like. <laughs> no my ties for me. Yeah. Don't neglect to take care of yourself. Do what you can to be renewed and refreshed. It's important that you do not lose your soul in this process of living life on planet earth, which is crazy. And may God renew you too. My fear is that some of you are burning the candle at both ends. And you need to slow down. You need to be still and know that God is God. Now, this sermon came to me about three weeks ago. It was my first night in Hawaii, or I should say, my first morning. It was a, the Tuesday morning after the flight and the trip over there. And of course, it's a time change of five hours from the Midwest. So um, I'm wide awake at three in the morning. Okay, on that Tuesday morning, you're wide awake. Like, okay, come on, wake up, Waikiki. Let's go. You know, you're ready. And at that time, I just started thinking about this and God just started planting these ideas in my head. And and, uh, so I've been kind of working on these concepts for the last three weeks and just kind of developing them and thinking, ah, what story shall I share or not share and that kind of thing. God is so faithful. God is so faithful. Thanks for letting me go first. Uh, Next Sunday, it's your turn. You don't have to bring 25-minute message, but you can say maybe, maybe in a minute or so something that God has done for you. How has God been good to you? What are you thankful for? And so we're going to do one of the... We love to do this. We love to do this as a congregation. It just The sense of community that it builds within us is so terrific. And so next Sunday, we're going to share. Just have some sharing. I'll pass the mic around. Whoever wants to share, you can share. Uh, just a, maybe a brief story or a little testimony of how God has been good to you. The psalmist says, taste and see that God is good. May we, may Grace Church be hungry for God today and every day. Amen? Amen. Truly, He is good. Let's pray. Our Lord and God, we thank You so much for this opportunity to hear Your Word and Maybe a little more sharing today, some testimony. But God, you are indeed good, and we thank you for your goodness, Lord. We thank you for your grace in our lives. We thank you, God, that you are present in everything that we do, and you are protecting us and preserving us through things. Lord, would you come? And just give us a deeper, deeper appreciation for who you are. For your spirit in us. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Thank you. Amen.